Welcome to this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a live play podcast that explores published adventures set in Fantasy Flight Games' Star Wars RPG line. Currently our story is Friends Like These, and it can be found as a standalone module at your local game store. This is Act 1, Episode 4, and I'm Ben, the GM for this adventure. Hi, I'm Chris, and to make Matu Ordo, start with one Mandalorian child, marinate him in a lifetime of warrior doctrine, pressure cook him in a fool's rebellion, then shock him with a dose of force sensitivity, garnish with combat duty, a victory. And I'm Leslie, who is Kith, who is a saboteur and a mechanic, and largely lost at sea in this world of war. And uh, and I'm Christine Chester, and I play Captain Nima Ptolemy, the Miriolan commander tactician of the team, and her duty is personnel. She hasn't been very kind to her personnel lately, as Kith is going to find out tonight. Dude, Amp is like a droid, and he's like totally like this sharpshooter, and he's like a slicer, and he like totally messes with the enemy's heads, and it's like really awesome. You know, he's like a droid. And I gotta say, you can't possibly be a stormtrooper because you shot right for my heart and did not miss. <laughs> Alrighty then. So to start off with, I like asking a question of one of our player characters. And today, it is going to be Nima. So, Nima, you've had to do a few things very recently that has kind of felt to be against your team's interests. In fact, almost against your duty. So how is this weighing on Nima? Uh, against her her team's overall goodwill towards her, yes. Uh, I actually see the situation a little bit differently. Because my, my duty is to alliance personnel and towards our interests. Sure, the people of Zorn may not be directly a part of the Rebellion, but they are people who can assist us. And by keeping uh, Captain Relo around and his ship, I think there's a better chance that more of these people are going to make it through all of this. And at the end of the day, I'm not directly hurting. I'm hurting Kith, perhaps emotionally, but she'll get over it. It's just a ship. I already got her a replacement. It's not going to be as nice, but that's the way of it. Uh, We're soldiers and we've got to put our duty first. And speaking of Kith, can I get a quick bit of a recap to bring everyone up to speed as to where we last left off. Okay, so there was this meeting, and the people that are on Zorn, that were on Zorn before we got there, were bickering, and um, they were bickering when we got there, and and they walked us to the conference room and bickered in the conference room, and I got bored and decided to leave, but I guess that meant they thought I should be escorted by Harden. So we went and looked at the things, and we talked about mines, and then I got to check out the surface, and I was up on the surface, and this really weird thing happened. I looked out over the horizon, and I'm willing to say um, Matu and TV were engaged in tactical activity regarding local droid populations. Somebody might have been thrown on top of a droid. I don't know, I calmed over, but I got in trouble for, for interrupting things. So we found droids. Nima went somewhere with the scabby pirate guy. And yeah, 
we're we're kind of trying to figure out how to keep people alive, and things look good. We're picking up where last episode the party was fairly split. We had TV and Matu out in the core ship graveyard. Uh, Harden and Kith were off exploring some of the other facilities on the uh, surface. Nima had gone into orbit to talk to Captain Rello and has just come back. The four of them were pretty much meeting up on the landing pad where the vanishing point was. Once everybody is there, I want to get us aboard the vanishing point, just out of earshot of a lot of these people, to to have our own private powwow. Are you just going to calm us there, or did you calm us there at the end of the last episode? I think I calmed you at the end of the last episode, because that's where I was hearing bits and pieces of the shenanigans happening with the hyena bomber. Because uh, I, I, that's when I had made my whole list of all the things Nima wants to talk about. <laughs> Chief Bellows and Harden are standing off to the side of the landing pad. Uh, Harden is working on getting these uh, hyena bombers into the base chargers that are there so that they can start to actually charging up. And Bellows is muttering under his breath as he's trying to plug in some of these clankers. Well, as long as they're keeping busy for the moment. Uh, in what condition do like TV and Matu and Kith return? And like, are you guys like covered in dirt and stuff? Because there was a lot of chaos outside. If by chaos you mean strategic uh, resource acquisition, then yes. Yeah, I don't think I did anything but yell and throw <laughs> so it's mostly tv he's probably looking all scraped up i'm probably he... a little greasy how can you tell anymore hey he got a new paint job <laughs> and he might need another one totally messed up my unicorn yeah uh well if you're all not busy for the moment um i need to go over a few things let's step aboard and Nima will lead the way up onto the vanishing point and take a seat in our lounge. Probably complete with a uh, Jajiric board because all starships seem to have one. Also, you know, history. Amp sits down, puts his feet on the table, hands behind his head, stares at the ceiling. Nima's quiet for a moment, not quite looking at anybody. And then she lifts her head and looks over at Matu. I want to start with... Having you, having you repeat what you saw in your vision. The vision is mostly a situation of metaphor. From what I can tell, this young person, this patrician, is supposed to be the one who's going to overtake the others. As long as this political infighting continues to happen, Kith blows up a walker. I lead a group of Mandalorians. Amp is in charge of a band of merry repaired droids. You are in charge of some kind of ragtag team. The ending is very unclear. Also, there's an important Mandalorian on Kawak and something about Tals. Dude, tripping so hard. <laughs> Actually, I'm starting to think that he's not. Now you're tripping so hard. It sounded like a lot of strange elements being brought together, and I thought it, thought it was something else, but I talked with Captain Relo, and 
He has a group of Mandalorians out on Vlemeth Port. It's one of his contacts. And he dropped the name Kowak as a, another option dealing with slavers. This team you saw me lead, what sort of species were they? Uh, it was a mixture. Nothing definitive. I still don't think it's a coincidence any longer. I should have believed you from the beginning, Matu. Probably. <laughs> but we're here now. So what's the plan? We don't have a lot of time. No, we don't. I think our first destination is going to need to be Vlemethport. I think we'll have an easier time negotiating with Mandalorians than than our other option. I was originally going to tell Captain Relo not to set up the meeting with the with the slavers, but I'm starting to wonder if there isn't something more there, especially if there's some other Mandalorian you're supposed to meet there on Koak. Just because they're Mandalorian and I'm Mandalorian doesn't mean this negotiation's going to go easily. I wasn't suggesting that it was going to go easy because you were there, but your people have never been the type to shy away from a fight. Also true. We just need to make it a tempting enough fight to get them here. A lot of it's going to depend on what sort of Mandalorians we're talking about, but we won't know that until we get there. True. TV. He keeps looking at the ceiling. What is the the new name he keeps asking Keeps trying to go by. Amp. Can't even remember my name. It's oh, Amp. It's Amp. Amp. Oh. oh, yes. Yes, what? Still not calling you that. Why did you want to come to Zorn? You mentioned something about unfinished business before. Well, we're here now. Uh, yeah, so he keeps looking at the ceiling and says, well, it's possible that I've been here before. That's it? That's all you're going to give us? When Kith removed my restraining bolt socket, it freed up some corrupted and damaged memory banks. I've been working to process them, and most of them have been recovered. I have a memory of being here during the Clone Wars, being in charge of a battalion of droids in a battle, and fighting valiantly, and uh, was finally overcome by a force ten times our size, and taken down at long last by (laughs) two Jedis and two Padawans. It was a a vicious fight, but even to the end, we couldn't overcome such odds, and I was rendered incapacitated. This is where you were taken down? Yes. Well, how come you don't have any lightsaber damage? Oh, they were uh, using their force powers and uh, hurling boulders um, <laughs> towards the troops, and I and I was was struck by five boulders. We haven't repaired your chassis. I was—I read the report when we activated you. You weren't that damaged. Hmm? Never mind. It's not important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, so, <laughs> after I was incapacitated by the Jedi, uh, don't know. It's a matter of great mystery why they didn't melt me down for parts, but uh, uh, I, have, I have no memories after the, the Jedi. As everyone's talking, Raimi's there just sort of kicking around everyone's feet and knees and plugs into the Dejaric table, bringing up a hologram of of the surface area and you can see the two shafts descending into the Dejaric table. And you can see where, like a surface scan of where the core ships are, where the acclimator is, 
where the clearing is a couple kilometers away where you figure that a landing's going to happen. Remy's just bringing this up kind of quietly other than, hey, look, here's a big light thing. I did manage to secure us one other asset in the coming fight. Uh, Captain Relo is willing to, to stay and loan his ship for the fight. Just his ship? Well, his ship, his people, at least to help out initially. Originally, he was just going to uh, escort the elderly children away, that kind of thing. Um, but I did have to did have to strike a deal with him. You can't sell me. <laughs> that that person at the rebellion said that you couldn't sell me anymore. No, no, no I. It's not you. It's um. <clears throat> after the mission, he gets the vanishing point. So. During the meeting, Kith has been sitting in a corner. She's got some project. She's stripping wires and twisting things. And you say that, and she just kind of stops moving for a second. Oh? She doesn't even look up. She's, she goes back to fiddling, but you can tell she's a bit twitchier. Amp whistles. <laughs> Don't worry, I got you a replacement ship. Oh. It'll be a bit more of a fixer-upper, but... It'll it'll do. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. And now it's time for TV dinners. The portion of the show where TV93 tells us his favorite recipe. Go for it, TV. Salisbury steak. Peel back foil to expose tater tots. Stir peas. And this has been TV dinners. Do TV dinners still say that? Some do. Peel back foil to expose tater tots. I probably just aged myself again, dated myself again. <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I suggest we wrap up our business here. We're going to have a lot of travel to do the next couple of days. Uh, Remy? Is there a reason why you're displaying this map here? Remy's an R4 droid. He doesn't, he can't really shrug well, but it's at that point where the display of the uh, uh, surface then disappears the Dejaric characters all show up and then they start dancing on the Dejaric table and music starts piping through Remy, not now why don't you go plot us out a course to Blemeth port and disengages from the Dejaric table and heads into the cockpit wow you even make the world's happiest droid sad and Nima's gonna go ahead and stand up and she just walks off the ship Keith, how are you feeling? Fine. No, you're not. She just kind of holds her hands up like, does it matter? Does it matter how I feel? We're in a war. This is this is what it is. It's a thing. She might be flailing slightly. Yeah, this, this rebellion is starting to feel a little bit more like the Empire than I'm comfortable with. Tehuchi's really ticked. I'm going to follow Nima. LT! <sighs> Nima's has given up correcting him at this point. Yes? Oh, I wanted you to correct him. <laughs> you really ruined my vibe. You Fine, you want me to correct you? <laughs> Just to correct the man! Like, <laughs> Just correct him. I, was like, right. <laughs> I had it all volleyed out. <laughs> it's Captain. Is it now? I assume you've got that little rebellion, weird like pegboard on your shirt. The sure. One with, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a domino. It a, yeah, it gives it a little flick. 
Are you proud of this? And she's just standing there, like, staring you down for, for a moment. Well, are you? You're the one that keeps bringing up your rank. Not terribly. It's just a matter of protocol. Protocol? You can't tell me that you've accepted this rank improvement with any sort of pride. What happened on the Shadow Raptor was nothing more than a bunch of dumb luck and a series of stupid events precipitated by us managing to use what skill we have to keep ourselves alive. And I'm not disagreeing with you. Then why are you so adamant on making sure you run everything into the ground around here? You know Kith loves that ship. I'm... I'm trying to save lives here, Matu. You're trying to survive at whatever cost is necessary. Look, it's your vision that was pushing just how dire this situation is. Trying to make sure we have every resource available. It's just a ship. She's had it for six weeks. She'll get over it. She might get over it, yes. But if we start losing all the things we're fighting for, we're going to lose morale as well. It's a ship. This entire operation has been nothing but a cockstorm since the beginning. The rebellion is completely outmaneuvered here. We are risking lives and materials for the possibility of a shipyard. Do you not see that they don't care about any of the individuals here? That their ideals have become so muddying that we are nothing more than pawns on the board, just as the Empire treats their troops? And what about the actual people who are here, who built a home here? We're going to lose everything to the Empire. Are you saying that we shouldn't defend them? That we should let the Empire roll over them? I'm not saying that we should give up everything of our own to make sure that these people who don't even seem to like each other can survive another day. All I'm saying is if you don't start treating your crew a little better, with more respect, and with more sense of duty to what they need, we're not going to be able to operate. I don't know if I can trust your judgment, Kif is feeling betrayed, and TV still believes that you treat him like a piece of machinery. He was afraid you were going to sell him. Then maybe you all shouldn't be following me. Well, if we survive this, that's an option that I'm going to explore. Fine. Anything else, Sergeant? No, I think that about covers it. I'm scared now. <laughs> Question, how far from the ship were you guys when you had this argument? I don't think very, very far. far. Like, bottom of the ramp, probably. <laughs> yeah. So we probably <laughs> heard that whole thing? Probably. probably. Mom and dad are fighting. Amp! Amp, let's go. We've got things to take care of. Okay. Be right there. And uh, Amp's going to uh, walk over to Kith and say, Kith. What? So I have to go with Matu and do whatever it is he wants to do. It'll probably be fun. But um, I was wondering, and he kind of looks down and kind of shuffles his foot a little bit and says, uh, I really want to get um, a one-horned reek like drawn on my back, like one with rainbows and stuff. Um, I was wondering if you could like help with that. <laughs> is 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 now the time? Well, no, because I gotta go. But you know, maybe uh, we could talk about it later. You you know where to find me. She just kind of shakes her head. She's still not looking up, but you know, she's she's. 
there's a little bit of a laugh. He smiles and says, great. Thanks, baby doll. <laughs> and with that, he turns and runs out of the room. Okay, I called uh, TV to follow me, but I don't remember what I'm supposed to be doing. So <laughs> we might be standing out here for no reason. <laughs> Did Nima walk away? Uh, yeah, Nima's gonna, Nima walked away <laughs> unless somebody is stopping her again. Is, is Nima walking somewhere specific? All right. What you got for me, Sarge? I mean, we can either go, I guess, go talk to Mandalorians, or we still have to resolve the petty infighting. Neither of us are equipped for this, but should we go try to stop the petty infighting? Oh, I'm all in. <laughs> all right. I think that's great. Right. We're going to go could. stop petty infighting. That's where Nemo was going to go. <laughs> oh, gosh. We should probably stay away from her. Uh, all right, let's go talk to the Mandalorians. No. Oh, and Matu. Hmm. Puts his hand on his shoulder and says, I want you to know that I've always believed that you're full of poodoo. <laughs> and then he ruffles his helmet and heads off. You know, I still don't believe a thing about the boulders. <laughs> it was boulders. It was two Jedi. You said two Jedi and two Padawan before. Oh, yeah. And they're Padawans. We got to go. Come on. <laughs> what color were the lightsabers? Sorry, I can't hear you. Too far away. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll we'll head over to the the Mandalorians are on Zorn, correct? No, they are not. Oh, they're not. You guys could take off without Nemo. That could be a <laughs> thing that happens. <laughs> that could be a thing that happens. That also could like. I think you guys should know. still go do the infighting because I think you two would be great. Uh, part of me actually would love to see that scene. And the other thing that occurred to me is after the conversation with Matu, Nima's going to just be walking around aimlessly for a little bit, trying to calm down because she's not very, she's not happy right now. Yeah, I'm going to say let's let's go do the let's uh, let's go solve the infighting in part because it'll help with Christine's voice and uh, in part because this and, is so I have to play awful. hard in there. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So much for that. Harden is only one of the two people that you guys have to deal with. The other one is Cal Corsa. Oh, okay. So if everyone just sort of piles in on Cal Corsa, I mean, really. All right. Guy deserves it. All right. So um, let's review. There's a guy named Corso and some lady named Harden, right? Sure. What do you mean, sure? You're a droid. You're supposed to remember all these things. Uh, yeah. Yep, that's him. Who's... Uh, all right. Well, look, whatever you do, don't ask them to be part of the band. Oh, it's a great way to bring people I wouldn't want them in the band. They wouldn't get along with Sally. She has opinions. Right. Um, also, don't ask to play at the meeting. We're not ready yet. Dude, we totally jam. <laughs> All right, so we go in. <laughs> All right. This is going back to the command center courses sitting at a the hollow tank of like it's a display of the entire under yeah it's underground facility the entire foundry as he's looking it over pointing to different areas saying to a couple of the droids that look like they're taking notes if we weld these doors shut it'll take him a while to cut through i don't know maybe if we armed the engineers and put them here at this point no you any points at Matu and TV? Uh, Matty? Yes. And Droid. Droid Guy. You know much more about the tactical stuff than I do. Matty and Droid Guy. That's the name of the band, <laughs> dude. Uh, 
Right. Uh, yeah, you you work on that. Um, Mr. Corso. Um, yeah, we can we can aid you with that. I was actually coming to talk to you about something tactically related as it is. Oh? Yes. Um, how much combat experience do you have, exactly? Thanks to my grandfather, very, very little. Uh, most of it when I was very, very young, as we were trying to escape. Amp groans. Well, okay, look, the, the thing is, um, in military organizations, we use a, a top-down command structure. Whether we necessarily agree with the people above us or not, it's still a useful way in panicked, combat-ridden, tense situations to make sure that we all follow the same set of orders. And I'm a little concerned that with the situation here, that there are going to be too many people trying to give orders during the battle. So I was wondering how we might find a way to consolidate that chain of command so that we have a better shot at getting things done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At which point, he's looking directly into the T of Matu's visor with a bit of a blank look on his face. I think you broke his brain. Well, partner, what do you propose? Well, I mean, you're a young, charismatic guy, and uh, Harden there seems to be um, rather against everything you say, so one of you really needs to be the one in charge, at least temporarily, so that there's no confusion as to who... Uh, vision is going forward. So, if you're not willing to relinquish that bit of power, then we should figure out a way to convince her to do the same to you. Yeah. And I just have this deep, deep feeling that it should probably be you. It probably should be me what? Me telling people what to do? Me apologizing to that empire lover? What? No, no, you should be in charge, I think. I, that's what I think. You should be the one in charge of this facility during the battle. Glad that we agree. Someone has to go down with the ship. Uh, nudge, like, elbow him. Clang. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before we found out about this, Tard and I worked well together. I kept the people away from her. She don't think. She, she does amazing work at what she does. But... Now we find out the Empire's coming, and, well, who in the Empire knows that we're here? Like, who, who knew? She's, she's our only Empire contact. She used to work with him. So you think she betrayed you? That's a gist of it, yeah. Well, it's a possibility. If I could bring proof of that to the rest of your leading council, would they give you the remaining power? Oh, Probably. Um, you got any ideas on how how I might go about that? No, I wish I did. When we found out that the Empire was coming here, we went over the comm logs. We didn't find anything. Now, that could obviously be someone who's really good at computers, really good at mechanics, being able to cover their tracks. And, well, Harden is the best mechanic I know. Like, she has the technical skill to do it, but this is just such a betrayal. Where are these computers? At the question, he just sort of, glares at you, like, as if he's looking over some glasses, and then just sort of flails wildly around him. Do you think we paint these displays onto the walls for night's effects? Oh. You're a very weird droid. These are what you're calling computers? Very well. Do you want me to look? 
Yeah, go, go ahead and do that, Amp. While you're doing that, maybe we can... I'll help uh, Mr. Corso here review his battle plans. I like this welding idea. Yeah, weld. So in this case, 43 minutes into our recording, and now I'm remembering a destiny pool. I think some of us rolled it. Eh, we're just missing Christine then. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Really? Wow. Please, please, someone do enunciate for our... Wonderful listeners. I got this. We rolled six light side points and one dark side point. Yeah, Chris. Fair enough. After the last session, where I think we started up the last two sessions with it being like six dark side points. Yeah. It's funny. There's there's all this... Well, for, for Nima, there's a lot of tension, and yet we're mostly light side points. No duty, though. Nima's recruiting of Rello doesn't seem to be sitting well with her. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) Can't think of a reason. I would actually be more disturbed if her duty did activate off of that. (laughs) To be fair, so would I. Anyway, this is sounding like two roles. One being, initially I'm thinking knowledge warfare for what Matthew's attempting to do with Corsa. I thought he was just keeping him out of my hair. A little bit of A, a little bit of B. That sounded like Matthew was actually trying to point out and get some of the tactical ideas going. Are, are you calling me dumb? I'll let you know that for warfare, I have two green. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in that case, I kind of want to get you to roll one green, two yellow, and a boost. Is that because we're, we're working with Corsa's stuff, too? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then the negatives here. The young charismatic upstart is better in warfare than you. Okay, it is going to be a grand total of one purple and one setback. That's not bad. Here we go. Four successes and uh, advantage. Nice. And actually, Matu helped, according to the dice. He actually did something. That is kind of awesome. With this, you're examining what Corsa is talking about. And up in the front, he's proposing that essentially setting up the warehouse that is right next to the landing uh, shafts. He's proposing that it gets set up so that as everyone retreats through it, it's a deadfall. They have essentially a tripwire where the less of your people come through, the hydraulics slam shut and then get cut so that if the empire comes through that they have to cut their way ha <laughs> oh, I bet they don't bring enough welding torches on their landing party well their partner I'm pretty sure that they do have blasters and blasters are going to work for them but it's still going to take them a boatload of time Mr. Corsa we might actually win this thing last time he said that I got thrown into a black hole Hey, you survived, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) And while this effervescent droid is mouthing off to everyone, I do kind of want to get a computer's check. This is going to be a one purple, two red, and one setback computer's check. Because you're trying to go through a lot of communication logs and you're trying to do this in a fairly quick fashion. Like, nothing's really shut out for you. But you're still having to go through, like, rafts of information. Then you've got these blocks of 
like encrypted transmissions and decodings and that sort of stuff from the Grand Council meeting that you guys all went through and all this other stuff. I can accept that. It is also true, however, that AMP is awesome. And so just as a general thing, he's got technical aptitude, so he'll do this task in 25% less time than it would take a mere mortal droid, if there's such a thing. <laughs> Are we saying that he is attempting to decrypt communications? You know, I would say he is. Then he will use his code breaker to not only remove the setback die, but to also decrease the difficulty by one. Okay, so that brings it down to two red. And then he is also going to spend two strain for his master slicer as an incidental to uh, decrease the difficulty one more. All right, so that's one purple, one red. Are you sure you don't have anything else? <laughs> I'm fully expecting one of those six light side points to get flipped, but yeah, you know. There it goes. TV, I'm sorry. TV, you can call me Amp. <laughs> Pulls out his slicer gear, plugs it in. Goes through, the little lines of code start going down across his eyes, and he succeeds with one success and five, count them, five advantages. Nice. Curse you, challenge die. Curse you. <laughs> Blank. <laughs> As a success, you've gone through the last 72 hours of communications across the entire base. And from what you can tell, you've got... This fairly hefty call log from Corsa going through, it really looks like he went through everyone in his contacts. 30 second call here, 15 second call here, not uh, answered here, and just about a hundred different contacts. Then a encrypted come to essentially a dead drop, which then you can tell that that went probably to either the Zion Consortium or to the Rebellion, because you've got essentially two of those sitting right there. But otherwise, throughout the communication network, you're not seeing anything. By not seeing anything, you mean no evidence that somebody in the base, or Harden in particular, uh, sent communications? The only communications off-planet have been going through Corsa's contact list and those dead drops. You've got Harden also going through a couple of in her contact list, but you can also see them sort of cross-reference to courses where he didn't call them and Harden did, because who knows, they might be like ship captains that Harden gets along with better than Corsa. So yeah, you you find nothing in there suggesting anyone has contacted the Empire. Yeah, I wander over to Amp. Uh, so what'd you find? Dude, if anybody's called the Empire, they haven't done it from here. What? I totally own this system, though. It's awesome. Did you peek into Corsa while you were in there? Did I? I guess I was just looking for Harden, right? You do have five advantage. I was giving you that as a success. Okay. You said you were going through the call logs, trying to figure out if anyone had contacted the Empire. That was your success. You've got five advantage on this roll. Okay, so the dead drops, that's for incoming ships to use? They're essentially, like, uh frequencies for him to call if if the poodoo hits a fan like these are the emergency call numbers send a message here and we'll get okay. back to you where do the dead drops lead to who's picking those up hold please <laughs> those are for the zon consortium and 
for the rebellion. Mm. Like the one for the Zong Consortium does have does look like it came through Viola Sargon's terminal, but beyond that, it is of the type of Zong Consortium codes, and it does on the surface match kind of the cipher that they used to uh, send their hologram into the council chamber. Look, if there is an Imperial spy, that would be very bad for the battle because they're going to have a person on the inside. However, there also may not be an Imperial spy, in which case we're going to spend a lot of time looking for someone that doesn't exist. So, tactically speaking, what do you think? Would it be wrong to look into Arden's like personal journal? Because I'm pretty sure she likes me. That's it for this week. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at the Hydean Way, and you can find me, Ben, at Deuterium Ice. And you can find me, Christine, on Twitter at Twelfth Night. That's one two T H and Night with a K. You can follow me, Brent, at iBrentBrown on Twitter. Leslie and her counterpart, Kith, are also available on Twitter at LeslitGS. And you can follow me uh, at SilZeroChris. That's spelled S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. It is named after um, my other podcast where we play Edge of the Empire called Silhouette Zero. Check that out. Um, also, you can follow Matu on Twitter at MandoMatu. We're at theheidianway.com where you can find previous episodes as well as our sister podcast, Tales from the Hydean Way. And our podcasts are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, where you can find more episodes and help us out by reading and reviewing us. We're also on Facebook as Heroes of the Hydean Way. Uh, need to refresh my memory. So, was Zorn where I where? Is where you took where a rock you had to the, the head. memory? Yes, it's where I took a rock to the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. I laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was the entire reason why I really wanted the two of you talking about the Force Vision and uh, TV's memory when you guys did, because neither of you would have heard what the other had said or had experienced. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I can't wait till Matu finds out he was taken out by a rock. What a could chump. Be right here, you don't know. <laughs> what a chump. Okay. I can't imagine he's going to share that bit of information. This entire operation has been nothing but a... Star Wars swear...